They're taking cherubin pot strewn strategically along the day. Chatter boys are tying paternosters in preparation for the fray. Tinnies are being towed to target on the Arnhem Highway. Over in Gove, they're rigging up teasers for the big boys. There's an air of anxious optimism at harbourside boat ramps as launch time moves. And in the front bar of the top end pub. So I was pulling it in, it wasn't putting up much of a fight or anything, and then when it came over the side, oh, my god, it had no eyes, it had these disgusting teeth and slimy and horrendous looking. I said, that proves it beyond doubt. The bowels of hell are situated somewhere here at Shady Camp. Smith! Uh-oh. What's going on? More! Jesus, is that the time? Oh, showtime. Great. Let's go. Quick, Quick hurry up. drink up. Get your bums in the boat and get on with it. G'day fishos and welcome aboard the Tinny on a Week where yes there has been much discussion about the possibility of a wormhole to another evil dimension has been opened up at Shady Camp. Or possibly it might even be a result a bum grub of Beelzebub's stool has come aboard a fishos boat <laughs> at Shady Camp. And hasn't it thrown the cat amongst the social media pictures? What, what the hell is that evil, disgusting-looking thing? Are we in danger? Is it an alien takeover, Tim? What's happening? What's happening? Over a decade of Tales from the Tinny, we've been talking a fair bit of crap, Rob, but I never thought there'd come a time when you'd open a tinny referring to a bum grub of Beelzebub's stool. <laughs> but... Is that a high point or a low point? Tim? It's an absolute highlight, man, and, and and paints a beautiful picture of that ridiculous-looking creature which has set the fishing world alight. If you haven't seen it, it's just a pic of a bum grub from Beelzebub's stool. But, <laughs> you I mean, see that's it every day. It's not that unusual. It's on ABC Tales and the Tinny on Facebook. They caught this little thing. No one quite knows what it is, other than that it. It's, it's got here through a wormhole from another dimension. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That is clear. Uh, but on to actual fish that we're targeting. We're going to do our best this week, fish shows, to stay positive. Uh, it hasn't been easy uh, for many of us. It's been bloody hot and there hasn't been any rain and you're sick of us telling you what you already know because we That's all know hot, that. And, and we, there hasn't been any uh, yeah, rain. Blah, 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 says the tinny. Blah, bloody, 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 blah. There is a, a little window opening up. Oh, is that? According to some of those in the know over the next fortnight or so, who some of whom are calling this your runoff. <laughs> we're off. Is that is that a rainbow? Is that the rainbow no, no, that, that, that we're grasping at? We are grasping at that. The, uh. the runoff is on. You might have two weeks and then it's all over. But we'll work around the big rivers and out to the blue too. Don't forget the blue over the next hour or so. Also, don't forget fishos. The marks for those ten MDF charity fish. Uh, four of which we put in ourselves. The other six we flogged from MDF. They're all the MDF $5,000 charity fish in Darwin Harbour. Give and receive all at the same time. Catch, give and receive. Seven are in the harbour, so that's two in West Arm, two at the tip of uh, Channel Island, just up the arm, right on that, that uh, what would that be? That's a southern tip. Uh, one at East Arm, one at Diner Boat Ramp, uh, one at Elizabeth River Ramp, 
one at the mouth of Leaders, one in the Vic River near Angolari and one upstream not far from Goat Island on the Adelaide River. The reason those GPX marks matters, if you hadn't got it already, is that all the evidence is that these fish pretty much stay where they're released. A lot of them get caught within spitting distance. So if you want five grand, two and a half for you and two and a half for charity, get out and get amongst it. I think there's, what have we got, four weeks left? Mm. 60 k's an hour and it takes about eight minutes to get there. The girls didn't even wake up. About five or six of them just following the bait. Thinking that a croc's right on your heels. Tails from the skinny. Get them running up ya. <laughs> Down the track, around the regions, they talk in hushed tones about the man known as the greatest ever roper rider. <laughs> Come in, cowboy. They don't. Of, of grade look, of modern history. No, no, none of that's true. <laughs> Do they? they? They scream and shout loudly. Loser. It, yeah. Here comes <laughs> Radio <laughs> Cloud. Oh, that wombat. <laughs> that loser. <laughs> Warren DeWitt, the Ayatollah of the DKVR. Il Duce of Afand. How are you, fella? Pretty good, mate. Bit hot round the collar, I suppose, with the lack of rain that we're getting at the moment. But other than that, um, the runoff started. That's all you need to worry about now, folks, is that if you don't go out there now in the next couple <laughs> this, of weeks... This is it. <laughs> yeah, you're going to miss the boat. Really? Well, yeah, because it's drying out very fast. And, of course, you've got to remember the rivers haven't been up really high. It's a little bit different for maybe the south, um, the east, and those rivers up on that northeastern side of the Territory coastline because they've been getting some good rain at Jabiru and, and in that Arnhem Land stretch going back towards the Mary River. Um, but after that, coming down that west coast side and even talking to guys who have been around fishing in the Moyle and um, out the front there, it's, it's very low in water levels and, and the fishing is a little bit tough still at the moment. But it's typical for February, so everyone sort of, you know, not panic too much just yet because February's always been relatively tough fishing-wise. Now, that's because maybe the fish hadn't come into the system yet in large numbers or they... We used to say they were out in the floodplains. That, that's right. We used to talk about yeah, it. Feb it's because it's too wet all. in February normally. Yeah. yeah, we're all saying they're out in the floodplains. Just be patient. They're going to come off in March. Well, I think March is now the February, so you need to start thinking about if you want to get out there and have a go at some of these mini runoffs, if that's what they are it's worth going out and trying now. So certainly clear weather at the moment. And there is some good news to look forward to a little later on the tinny on the daily. I mean, you've got to be there at the right time. You've got to be really persistent yep. and work pretty hard. But some good 70s, 80s and meteries coming in from a couple of sessions. And we have uh, had monsoons and even cyclones as late as April. But uh, then we're starting to swing into the cooler weather, Warren. Is it really, are we really done? Yeah, we are. I mean, it, it is critical, and we keep on banging on about how the bait needs time to mature up on the floodplains if, if we get enough water up on there. So, And the other thing, exactly what you alluded to, if we do get that late rain in March and then it goes straight into the dry season and gets water temperatures dropping really quickly, it does shut the fishing down as well. So we're at a really critical point right now and looking on the weather map and looking north of us over into Asia there's no monsoon up there I mean it, it's all over way over towards Vanuatu at the moment so I don't know whether it's going to swing round and hopefully it will come through in March still and we still will get significant rain I mean these storms are not really doing a lot at the moment other than just putting a pulse through the river like we spoke about last week and it is good I mean the guys that have been going down and fishing on the Roper Bar are reporting good catches down there because the, today the Roper Bar is at 120 20 mil. Mm. It is very low so it's dropped right back down and it won't be too long now be before you may start seeing some of these rivers clear up and you can start doing your late 
runoff trawling, Look, I suppose, yeah, and, and see what you can find. And you guys can just sit down, have a gin, drown your sorrows and keep yeah. the whinging. I'll keep working hard. Something else to look forward to on the tinny <laughs> later this hour, Fishos, is the cracking report of three metres over a weekend session in the Adelaide River. There you ha! Go. Timothy, that must have burnt. That must have burnt it to, does for hurt. you to say that. I think it was. I think it was at the mouth. <laughs> so that's a, that's a, a different dream. part of the Adelaide River. You know, the, <laughs> the real foul yeah. temptress is up the is up the top. Oh. Anyway, fishers, you, you know, you can just ignore Rob and and Warren if you like for a while, as they they're old men who like to complain <laughs> <Right>. a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's us. Looking, yeah, that's um, fishermen. Looking forward into the crystal ball. Uh, if we if it stays Vanuatu way, what do you what do you see the daily doing for the big comps? Oh, it's going to be tough. You know, history shows you that when there isn't a big wet season, the fishing comps do show numbers are down on the good wet. So it's going to be tough. But that's sort the men out from the boys a bit, yeah. I suppose, um, which is, you know, sometimes I used to like it when I used to fish the Barra Classic. The tougher it was, the better I liked it because those who worked hard and knew what their job was would catch fish. Those guys who just trawled down the middle and thought it was just a Sunday troll and catch fish were missing out. Do you guys want the number for Lifeline? Or just another gin. <laughs> Meanwhile, this is one of the best times of the year to be targeting Jewfish on the blue water. Yeah, exactly. And offshore, it looks really good at the moment. Because we got there! <laughs> the, weather, the weather is clear. and um, you just got to avoid those afternoon storms, I suppose, and don't get caught in. Because some of them have got packing a fair old whack, actually. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And for those, you know, for those who are, as everyone's looking towards the rivers and trying to get this little window of runoff, for those who are actually going the other way and onto the blue, they are in between those breaks, Warren, as you said, they are cleaning up. Yeah, no, it's fantastic fishing. And look, out off Dundee, um, anywhere that you can get offshore, even out to the mouth of the Roper and going around, and, and the same down at King Ash Bay, um, going out around the Vandalin Islands and that as well. I've been talking to guys who have been going out there and doing really well as well because they're, they're obviously getting that break in the weather now. So the, the south or the westerlies that we get during a monsoon are not there at the moment. So all those river systems and the mouth of the Shady Camp should fish pretty well this week as well because we're going into a set of neap tides at the moment. So everyone should be able to get out the front of Shady and get into the Congo line and, and see if they can't pull up some of them meteries that are out there at the moment. Thanks for the opportunity. Without word of a lie, some cracking <laughs> reports coming up from Shady over the next hour. Yeah. So that's Shady, Daly and the Adelaide where some fishos are getting... And the blue get, water. And the blue Happy water. days. Everything is great. Oh, Jesus, hard work, but we got there. <laughs> and the south. The south is going really well. Oh, Upstream go. on the south. There you oh, go. He's fishing well. So, it's all right. so oh. you've got two weeks-ish... Hop in, get into it now. This weekend and the following one or two is probably the best window. Yeah, at the moment we're sort of looking at the opportunity to, to take advantage of it um, with that water starting to come off whatever's left on the floodplain. Good on you, Warren. We'll catch up with you next week with some more stories and predictions and, and great joy to the fishing folk of the Northern Territory. <laughs> See you, mate. I've just got to make sure I don't cut my wrists in the meantime and I'll be happy. <laughs> See you, man. See you, boys. The hoys uh, are coming. Well, oh, well, they're disgusting, actually. There's a disgusted barrage of hoys regarding the bum grub from Beelzebub's stool. Out of Shady Camp recently, fish hose have pulled in what can only be described as the most evil, alien-looking creature you will ever see, as we have referred to. Looks a cross between a snake, an eel, 
some kind of weird fish. It looks like something that should be bursting out of your stomach cavity on a on an alien planet to take over the whole human race yeah, and it's destroy it. It's straight out of Sigourney Weaver's guts. Yeah, it is. Pale beige, no eyes, and the most ferocious-looking set of gnashes mm. you're ever going to come across. Mm. And that's, that's, you know, saying something considering the other gnashes that we have roaming around the waterways of the, of the top end. And I, I think we need to be frank here that it's come through a wormhole from a parallel dimension. Yeah. It's jumped the space-time continuum. That's yep. what's happened. A T from Corroboree Park Tavern. She was on board. I honestly, the first thing I thought about was the alien movie with Sigourney Weaver and that thing that comes out of people's stomachs. You'd probably shit your pants if it was bigger. <laughs> we didn't know what to do with it. We were like, get something to get that off the hook. <laughs> Morgan Grant and uh, Michael Hammer, he, th- these are guys who know about such things. Michael Hammer's the curator mm. of the fishies at the museum. Uh, they reckon it's an eel gobby or worm gobby. Oh, possibly, worm, worm gobby gut but, works for me. Yeah. Possibly belonging to the genus Tyranides <laughs> and possibly the purple eel gobby, the Tyranides purpurensis, from its coloration. Anyway, they, they don't have much for eyes, often covered in skin, big teeth, so that when they nail their prey, it, it doesn't get away. The thing about them is, uh, if you catch them, the museum really wants them alive because they're one of the least, uh, most poorly understood species of fish around Australia, apparently. So mm. get on to them. Faceache has gone a bit wild for the worm gobby, a.k.a. bum grub from Beelzebub stool. Tony Armstrong reckons, get an eel gobby up ya. Mm. Doesn't quite roll off the tongue like the mullet. Get a gobby up ya works, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we can yeah go, that's we, all right. We can go with that. Uh, looks like Guald, I don't know if I pronounced that right, from Stargate SG-1 was a comment from quite a few Lots people. Lots of people were saying that, yeah. or Gould or whatever it was. Must have been one of the beasties in that show. Uh, Melissa Ward said, that's an alien. I'm going to put on my tinfoil hat. <laughs> I'm out, Facebook. Hope we're all here in the morning. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> Meanwhile, Lisa the Brave's young fella, Cooper, has been gifted a pet barra for his 12th birthday, Rob. Oh, what a lovely gift. That's a good present. That's a good pet. Mm. Completely obsessed with fishing and, of course, as you do when you get a new pet, uh, now wants to sleep next to the tank. So he's been sleeping in the lounge right next to the tank. He dropped in a few rainbow fish the other night for them to feast on. Thought Mm. that'll last him the week. Reckons he couldn't sleep all night. Tired as hell for school the next day because all he heard all night was the buffing. (laughs) (laughs) Made short work of the wits, Tucker. By morning, there wasn't a single rainbow left in the tank. Yeah. Anyway, he went out with Dad Sean chasing uh, purple tags in West Arm on Sunday. No tags, unfortunately. Uh, and Barrow were hard work. But the Queenies and GTs on the chew. Cooper landed a 78 centimetre blue salmon. Wow, that's a big blue. Bloody oath. Yeah. On the family table by the uh, day's end. Young fella now leading Dad five zip from four fishing trips this year. Great work, Cooper. Might be time to make a sacrifice of uh, a bit of pubic hair to the barragods there, Sean. Uh, the outing of the massive caddy catch on the Catherine last week and the enthusiasm with which the Ayatollah retold the story of he, Ben Wright's heroic capture. He was excited about he that He was catfish, indeed. Wasn't? Has opened the floodgates to meritorious caddy capture. Josh Ballinger on Face 8. Oh, but they're all joining in and patting themselves on the back now. It's the second hottest craze, the second hottest item on uh, social media behind Beelzebub's stool, Bumgrub. Went to visit my mate in Darwin, all the way from southwest Queensland, to get away from the dry, dusty farm. Was hoping to catch a few barra. Instead, came away with a trophy-size catfish. Got me on the net. 
I'm swamp donkey. All of us would react with a monster caddy. But can, can we draw the line under catfish reports there, please, fish shows? We're not interested. Keep it amongst yourselves. Get, Unless you make get a one, catfish club. We don't give a rat. Unless one takes your arm off. <laughs> then, we'll, then we'll run the <laughs> then, then, then we're interested. Yeah. Or if one spews up um, the butt grub of Beelzebub's <laughs> stool. <laughs> you know, I thought you were going to say 7 to 8 centimetre barrel. No. Yeah. That's not Russian dolls, <laughs> really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Dwayne Devaney's hit us up again. G'day, Dwayne. Hey there, Tinny Mob. Hit up West Arm today, chasing Packy Andy's purple tag. I found the tarp on Motherload, though. Pound for pound. <laughs> Don't start, Dwayne. Don't start him off again. He reckons that purple tag barrel was an accident or a myth or some sort of bycatch, or he's not sure it's there at all. Tarp on everywhere, gorging themselves on jelly prawns. Uh. Several heart-stopping moments, netting barra, looking for the tag. Dropped a couple of barra. Bet they had a tag in them. Of course they did, mate. Yeah, every, they definitely every did. Every one you dropped. Ended the day in purple, though, with a couple of nice Harbour Jacks for the plate. Oh, very nice. This bloke, Dwayne, Rob, takes the best fishing picks in the history of man because his red face against his bald head with his <laughs> massive ginger beard, and every single time he takes a pick, it doesn't matter what's in his hand, consistently buoyant optimistic enthusiasm on, on his face, even in this case, where it's a palm-sized tarpon in his hand. He looks like it's Christmas. He is really looking for the rainbows, isn't he? Did oh, he? Flat out, but finding them. Yeah. Did he Just remember the beer this time, Tim? Did he remember the beer? Uh, I did ask, of course, and got a bit of a dressing down from Dwayne. Actually, Tim, I've been off the beers uh, on the rum and soda nowadays with my keto diet and all. Oh, I think keto. we had What's a keto diet? It's where no you, beer. It's where you drink rum and soda instead right. of beer. Okay. And for it's to put your body back into its natural cycles, <laughs> which which relies on rum and soda. Oh, you know, my opinion on rum, I reckon it slipped through that wormhole or fell out mm. of Beelzebub's above mm. stool as well. P.S. Need a new sticker. Boat's had a revamp. Need some new street cred. Roger, Dwayne. It's on its way. It's on its way. Tim. Yes. Alert the media. The Bark Hut is reopening. Being such a territory icon, that's that's what the Territorians are about. They they love that kind of stuff, and and to see it being shut for the last couple of years, you know, we go fishing, shady camp, south, you drive past, you see it shut. It's it's been heartbreaking. So to be able to to take the place on and get stuck into it, it's uh, it's very exciting. It is very exciting. Good luck to them. Hope they can pull it off and make it viable. It's a much-needed break point on the trip out it is. To, for a frothy and a waffle and uh, dog's eye. Alex Thorpe's been out at gunpoint walking the dogs, and even though you're out and about without a rod or crab pots, all is not lost, Bishos. Opportunities to catch a feed are all around you, if you look hard enough. Never know what you might find if you get outside and live a little. Here we are, the f***ing tides out, gunpoint, taking the dogs for a run. We reckon there is a crab. We don't know. Is there one? Oh, yeah. A good one. Yeah. Is there really? Look at this. We got him, boys. You're kidding. <laughs> Gunpoint, no pots. <laughs> Me. Take that. Yeah, tiny little hole with bugger all water in it. And he was riding up to his shoulder. I don't reckon I'm in for that. No. 
I'm not in for, I'm not in for that. Yeah. I don't want a finger tape. Nah. No, you can have it. Anyway, well done, fella. Uh, great news out of Palmo too, just to wrap up the hoys this week. Council have come to their senses, Robert. They finally... Previously, did you know? I mean, I, I don't reckon anyone would have been taking any notice anyway, but it was only legal to fish in three of their lakes. Really? Now they've come to their senses and you can legally, uh, you're allowed to fish in all 16 of the Palmerston Lakes, which is good for the young tackers. Of course it's it good is. It's scooting around uh, Palmer. So well done to the Mayor and Aldermen of the Palmerston City Council. That's it for Hoy this week. Fishing at abc.net.au is the email if you want to get in touch. Shoot it. Share it. Shout it. Give us a hoy. Something slightly different for the tinny this week, Timothy. Something I think you'd agree is, well, is a core part of our MO. Part of the frothy waffle ethos of the tinny. As sometimes it is only through grazing on the allegedly greener grass that we experience a true epiphany. Hang on. The grass isn't greener over there. Mm. And sometimes it takes the reflections of a displaced Territorian sent to the gulag of the southern states for two years' hard labour through his toils and observations that we realise just how lucky we really are. Well, he likes to think of himself as the prodigal son a man whose voice you might not recognise from, from years gone on Tales from the Tinny, Dean Blackman, who's back for a celebrity guest appearance in this weekend's Top End Barra Series Round 1 at Shady. Welcome home, Dean. It's great to be home. It really is. The best. There is nothing better. This is Nirvana, full stop. Where you've ended up in Mexico is a place you describe as the donut. Why? It's described as a hole and all the good stuff's around the outside. Um, and I live in a nice spot, you know, 500 metres from the water. It's clear water and there's those... There's those flap squirters, otherwise known as squid. There's kingfish. Not a bad spot, but nothing like here. I'm a weirdo down there. I've actually got this thing called what's known as a four-stroke. And another thing on the front. What's that, mate? It's a mincota. And then this other really weird thing. It's called a structure scan. Yeah, like someone from Mars down there. Out by um, the channel marker the other week having a fish, and a fellow was down, obviously, from the big smoke, and two smoker on the back, bit of a swell run, I'm breathing it in, he's upwind and he's drifting past and I had the lecky down, so I cast some kingfish and he goes, oh mate, what's that? And I said, oh, it's an electric. How does it work? GPS, mate. Where's your anchor? <laughs> yeah, that's right. He was a bit confused at the anchor line, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, I've, I've done something um, really controversial down there. I've actually gone for the maximum horsepower because I'm pretty sure the formula down there is you get your boat length, times it by four or five and then divide it by about four or five. And that's your horsepower. So if you're in a, you know, five-metre boat, you're sort of thinking, okay, 20 divided by four is four. 40 horsepower should do it. When you catch a fish, it's like a freshly laid um, paddy in a, in a paddock and the flies are straight on you. Down the other week and pulled up and put the, that weird thing on the front down in the water to keep me still that wasn't attached by a rope. Bang, got one. Bang, got two. Kingy straight away. And within a matter of minutes, I was surrounded by boats within two to three metres, as close as two to three metres from you. Absolutely that close. How did you cope? Look, I have one guy, a fairly familiar uh, territory greeting to someone who's um, not being considerate. You're right. Um, he was somewhat shocked by that. The fact you hadn't said hello, if he had said hello, I would have said what I was getting them on, but he didn't say hello. You know. Sometimes when we're forced into these moves, 
it's the children who can exert the most influence on the mother and the father and the draw back to the territory. They miss home, they miss here and so much so the eldest too, one wants to be a nurse and go and work in the communities um, and the other one wants to be, be a copper and head out to Arnhem Land Way. Have you dictated where they should get their placements? Yes, I have. Um, one is to go to Gove, one is to go to Groot, and one is to... The other one hasn't decided yet, but he doesn't know it, but he's going to go and be a school teacher at Woolliana down in Daly. It's all about Dad's needs. You're back as a celebrity appearance at the Top End Barra Series Round 1 at Shady. Have you already started running some logistics to organise as chairman of the uh, inaugural 2019 Raft Up? I'm sure you're right on top of this. Slightly secret at the moment. Only a couple of fellows know... Um, I've been sort of baiting the boys via the old um, <coughs> face ache to say that, um, you know, make sure you have a raft up, get out there, raft up, you know, keep tradition going. And, uh, yeah, I'm packed. I was packed last week. A couple of dry bags, a couple of fishing shirts, change of jocks and a sleeping bag, an air mattress and jobs on. Anyone having a keg on board? I have got a few back home. I'm still brewing a lot. Couldn't, like, 23 kilos. And we, we know the catering. We know the catering requirements. It's 20 litres a day per man. So I would have needed 80, you know, 80 kilos of beer to get through it. We'll get a few this weekend. I wouldn't be surprised that a couple of big girls get caught. They're good tides. There'll be a lot of boats down there and busy, but yeah, well-behaved mob up here and there'll be lots of laughters and lots of g'days. And, yeah, and the, of course, you know, a couple of the cultural, needy, uh, required raft-ups. And no-one will be laughing at you about the quiet hum of that thing they call a four-stroke or the anchor with no rope. God bless you, Dean, and... Welcome home. Thank you very much. Tight lines. What a poor lost soul. Yeah. Floating around in the ether as if arriving through a wormhole yeah. from another dimension to arrive in the donut hole that yeah. is now his existence in the Mexico. scarred soul. The scars are very evident, Tim. But what a blessing, Fishos, members of the Tinny Church, that we are able to gift to this scarred soul by welcoming him back into the warm embrace of the mother's bosom <laughs> that is the Northern Territory in the never-ending build-up. And straight into a Tebs round. Now there is a rebaptism of fire. It's looking really good, well into the 80s. I'm scared her a bit, I think. Watching the bait, it wouldn't be called fishing. Tales from the Tinny. Chris Hurt from Lure One Fishing is a wily old font of fishing wisdom, and I don't think you'll mind me saying that. That is true. Old. And we often try and garner some small insights from him. In fact, I think we might just refer to him from this point forward in the tinny as the font. I like it. What do you think? That's the good. font. Yeah. The stalwart, the lily walker, the font. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Lisa the Brave and I made the pilgrimage. To sit cross-legged at the feet of this Darwin Harbour Yoda. Um, um, to seek enlightenment during the week. Because we're quite sure with the supermoons last week and associated big tides, he would have been divining barra around his favourite harbour creeks. Possibly even raising fish just with the power of his mind. The force of the font. Yeah, did uh, four days last week on those supermoon tides, did quite well. Not as well as you'd think you should with the number of fish you actually see, but there's a lot of food in there, a lot of bait, so you've just got to persevere, keep casting. 
The person who catches the most fish is the person who's put the lure in the right place the most number of times. If there's a patch of fish working somewhere, you've got to put it right amongst them a lot of times, give them a lot of looks at it, and you'll, you'll, you'll get fish. But sometimes you'll think they're not taking this lure because there's something wrong with it. It's not the lure, it's not you, it's them. What, you've got to understand what they're looking at. They're, especially when they're buffing on the surface, they're looking at a patch of shimmering bait. You've got one object, say, for example, a popper. You're working that through there. It's got to be really, really available, and it's got to be really close. Even in situations where you'll have four or five fish like pounding through a, a patch of bait, you think you can't get this lure back through without getting hit. Every, every cast won't produce a fish, but if you keep doing it, eventually you'll get a hit. Are you working on the match the hatch principle or present them something different, presenting an alternative? You can't match the hatch with a shimmering patch of yellow perch. Put a mullet through there, an imitation of a mullet or something or a prawn or something that looks like it's doing a bit tough and gets close enough, there's a fair chance. you just got to keep going, you know, just keep casting. So where's your first cast go, Chris? Do you go over the bait or short around the side? Well, over the top, but usually you get back past it and bring it back through it. They're underneath it. And they're looking up at it. That's all. Just the number of times you think you should get a hit and you don't. Just if, if it, once it's happened to, I've probably happened maybe thousands of times. But if I've got someone in the boat who's never seen it before, they think every cast is going to catch a fish. You've got to sort of calm them down and say, like, wind slow and just take your time. Yeah, don't get excited. It's going to happen. But some some people think it's going to happen every time. But it's not. And when they are starting to finally get the hits, what part of the tide is it that that that's happening? Is it at the building or the drop of the tide? That can be at any stage. You can go to a spot that you know. I can tell you there's going to be fish there. I don't even own a sound, but I can tell you there's fish there. They won't show themselves until the bait starts to move. You can cast. You might get one. Every time the lures in the water, there's a chance. You might get a metre fish in the first cast. But that window will open when that patch of bait starts to... You know, the bait schools start to come out. And that's usually when the tide's got its most strongest part of the flush because the bait's got it. Once it's committed, it's got to come out. And then sometimes when the bait gets boxed up at the bottom of the tide, it can't go anywhere else they'll into them then but watch the bait they'll tell you what's going on this time of year with these really big tides that window is going to be shorter too isn't it well not if you work the tide in the series that it should be worked in you start usually on the flats the front part of the systems because that's the first part that's going to drain now as those series of tides start there'll be more fish on those flats around that areas because that's the only place that's going to drain once those tides starts to get lower and lower the top of the system is going to drain, so the, the predators will move up there because the bait's more concentrated. It's just the simple physics of uh, easy feed. So they'll go up there, and you'll go to the front of the system, say, after the tides have come down under a metre and it's been doing it for a few days, you'd be lucky to catch a fish at the front, but you've got to start there because there's no use going up the top because nothing's happened, but you might still might get a 3D or something on the flats anyway. So you start there and work your way up the system and stop at each place that's going to be at its prime time, and then you get a full day at them. And then... If you have a good day and that, and that happens, everything's come together, you'll find as soon as the tide starts to push back in, everything just flicked the switches over. Mm. And nothing. Yeah. You wouldn't even think the fish were there. But then it, you know, the odd woof, but that's it. So how have you done over these uh, big tides that oh. you've been working? Yeah, done quite well. Got plenty of fish, but not what you'd think you'd catch by what you see. <laughs> There's a lot of fish there. There's some good fish amongst them too. But. So how do you see it going forward at the moment, Chris, those harbour creeks that you generally work? Oh, they'll still be okay. If we don't get any substantial rain it doesn't make much difference those is tidal estuary the only time there's any influence from the monsoon is if you get too much rain the top of the system become pretty well fresh water and rather cool the fish whiten down a bit then but they still have the windows it's just if the tide comes out of the mangroves it's worth having a go mm. now you obviously work the tides when you're booked 
But um, if you just have your preference of tides, what, what are the numbers that you like to work? For example, Christmas Day, I went out by myself. I just didn't want to test a new fly line I bought. And it was a very good tide. It was 0.4 or something like that. And I caught 15 fish. And that's a, that, I went that day because there'd been nobody else there. And it was a good tide. It's a 0.4 or something like that. Under a good low tide and preferably on a new moon. There's no silver bullet. There are rules, but no one follows them. I've had blokes up there fishing on day. I had a bloke up there one day that fished the day before the full moon and a three-tide day. And he did quite well. Then he said, can I go again tomorrow? I said, well, it's not going to be the same. It's a three-tide day and it's on the full moon. It's the worst day you could possibly pick because the fish won't do what they did today. He said, oh, I still want to go. So he went up there. He did actually did better. <laughs> <laughs> Rules are made to be broken, Chris. Yeah, everything I said was wrong. You mentioned before that you don't use a sounder. Can you talk me through why that is? I haven't met a fisher who doesn't have a sounder on their boat. Because I know exactly where I am all the time. It's an experience thing then? Yeah, yeah. I've been doing it for 20 years. So. You've got a little bit of that under the belt, Chris. Yeah. One of the advantages of age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, you also work in the dry season uh, mackerel off Lee Point. Um, any ideas when you might be swinging out that direction? As soon as the weather lets me, if there's any sort of temperature change or the Norwesters go away, I'll start as early as March if I can. But I usually look for the first bit of cooler weather will indicate you'll be out there. But um, I'll probably be away for most of April. But um, Oh, hang on. Oh, away for most of April. Now, let me think. The Bahamas, uh, Bermuda, where, where are we off to, Chris? This will be Cuba this time, but um, <laughs> maybe the Bahamas as well. That's not fully sorted yet, but um, that, that first start of that, the first cool weather that starts is worth looking. Those big females come in, they're the bigger fish, they come in first early, and if the larger garfish are turn up too, you're sort of looking okay. When they turn up, everything else is going to be there, but I've found over the years, when you have poor wet seasons, you have very good blue water seasons, like the dry produces a lot of fish and sometimes those years you'll notice the mac tuna come in real close and so just because there's bait spawning and stuff is all different but because of the lack of rain but um, i found during those poor wets the the, the following dries are usually pretty good in the spaniards and tuna and stuff like that yeah a silver lining to the gray clouds then is that chris well there's nothing quite like a big spaniard taking a live bait and the punter's never caught a big fish before just in the pandemonium the real screaming and stuff here yeah, it's fantastic yeah good on you chris thanks very much my pleasure what a font. What a font. How, ge- how generous of him to just offload his font upon you. Oh, it is always, it's, it's just like a hardcore dissertation. Oh. You've, got to, you've got to stay focused. I've I, got to remember what he's saying. I know where I am all the time. I don't need a sounder. That's it. The only, I mean, that's, that's what you get from the font. Yeah. I know they're there. I don't need a sounder. I know they're there. I can yeah. smell them. Yeah. I can feel their force. I can extinguish that force at will if I so desire it. Predicts a, uh, the font, predicting a good year for blue water following the crap wet. More optimism, more oh, rainbows see, on the horizon, see, that, that I mean, you, you don't want to be a font of negativity, and he never has been. Mm. He's a font of optimism. Thanks very much for the honour. Font. Let no one know what you're doing. The Jewfish were hungry. I was very excited, very anxious. Oh, a lot of yahoo, a lot of screaming. Let's just say it was pretty arsy. Tales from the Tinny. Packy Andy. Oh, no. He's been at it again. <laughs> oh, no. I 
Pacquiani, and I'm here at a boat ramp that shall remain unnamed, but it's somewhere in the Bino Harbour vicinity. And I've met a couple of new friends, and we're not going to say their names, are we, friends? No, I reckon they'll be right in, pretty much. They'll be right in. Would you like to tell me what that noise is? That's the, the remains of the boat that's not currently sinking, but was sinking previously. No other way to say it, really. It's just not as fresh as it once was. The girls picked up this boat two days ago. I've gone over it mechanically. It was all good. This is its maiden voyage. We were supposed to be here by 12. We got here at 3. We waited around for two hours for the ramp to be right. We poked it in. That was where we sort of stopped. <laughs> Started to take on a fair bit of water. A good game by the boys, is what I can say. <laughs> I saw you from the water and I did see the back of the boat going down and um, that's when we decided to render a bit of assistance. <laughs> so that's my maiden time on a, on a boat. They're, they're fun, they're exciting. I reckon everyone should get involved in them. <laughs> <laughs> it technically sank, didn't it? Look, it's a grey area, but yeah, I'm going to say it sank. <laughs> now, where are you from? Are you from a place where there's lots of boating experience and yeah 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 i've got a couple of water troughs out there in central queensland seven years of drought so nice to get a bit of moisture around the toes and uh... <laughs> so what's the plan from here with this vessel has it got a name uh, not yet not yet but i've been calling a few things so far um <laughs> yeah i don't know really i think maybe a few bunnings videos and i might try and rewire it or a pretty expensive garden ornament Every cloud has a silver lining, and we are pleased to report that we, with the landing net, rescued one of your thongs and a mid-strength beer. Definitely a heavy. It was definitely a heavy. Yeah. yeah no. <laughs> As I was going to crash it, you know, to name the boat, but yeah, we haven't condemned it. Oh, so you're going to christen the boat <laughs> with, the, with the beer the that we rescued yeah, yeah. after the sinking? Yeah. So uh, maybe next voyage in 10, 15 years. Yeah, we might name it by then. The last of the water is just dripping out of that boat. Uh, you got a bit of work to do. Your thong's been saved. Your beer's been saved and everyone's okay. Good ending, really, eh? What a day. A happy ending. Thank you for your help. You're welcome, mate. (laughs) All the best. First time on a boat ever. Ever. And it sinks. Yeah, I highly recommend this boating. uh... (laughs) That's good fun. Everybody should get into it. Ah. That fellow will be sticking to the devil he knows now. The water troughs back on the farm in central Queensland. (laughs) Red, fast and free. Presenting the tales from the tinny fish measuring sticker. Some say it's been scented with a barramundi pheromone. Some say it's scientifically proven in the effective removal of leg hair. Some say that these stacks might be slightly exaggerated. Much like your fishing yards without a tales from the tinny fish measuring sticker. Email fishing at abc.net.au or message the tinny on Facebook to get yours. Pup Wainwright via uh, Facebook. Ah, uh, the old pup. Yeah, g'day lads and lasses, and has approved now officially we can refer to the pup as pup. Excellent. I am the pup. Well played, pup. Good work, pup. <laughs> I have a confession. Since I applied the 120 YYY red measuring sticker, I've been in the bloody 24% of poor bastards that have actually gone backwards in their fishing. I oh, know. Well, there is science that says, unfortunately, there is a very marginal 0.05% that will experience adverse fishing gains, as in negative gains, as in going backwards. Unfortunately, pup, that means you have become a victim of the very narrow margins of science. Mm. He hasn't lost his faith in the church, but by Christ, I was wondering what was going on. I praised the mullet when I applied the sticker. I praised it again after I noticed things were going pear-shaped. Like when the missus started consistently out fishing me and mates were catching 120 big girls in my boat and I'm jumping fish off left, right and centre. 
and just coming up with donuts. I even tried going on my own, but nothing worked. That was until you guys donated your monsoon to us Queenslanders. Oh, uh, God, he's another having a crack. He's another one. And now the golf barrow is starting to fire, and I was finally able to slap some barrows on the measure. So cheers, fellas. Let's hope the Territory gets some more now. So my upcoming trip over the border hands over the goods too. Well played, pup. Yeah, no, fair enough. Andrew Gray hit us up. Hey, boys, welcome back. Hope you had a good break. Sunk some tins and dredged up some donkeys. Can I grab a couple of stickers? I need to measure my little man. He's on the downhill run to hitting the metre mark. 13 months old and already 86. He's two centimetres shy of my PB, so I'm in trouble. On its way, Andrew. And, it's way and, and that's an approved use for the Tars and the Tinny sticker, measuring children. Oh, it is, absolutely. Christoph Wrightson. Or Christoph, right on, son. Right on, son. <laughs> uh, via Facebook. First run up the mighty Catherine. Seen me having my offsider catch one, the one and only Barra, along with a pair of marvellous catfish. Oh, no. <laughs> He's into it, too. No. On the way home, I managed to bump a rather glorious rock, cracking the keel of my super mega awesome 300 buck tinny. <laughs> He's talking everything up. There's rainbows. Rainbows There are everywhere. rainbows. Long story short, the brand new spanking hull is on its way. 300 bucks. And then you've got smash, to replace and, the hull. And, and, but then you go brand newy. Brilliant. And it's definitely going to need a new flash tiles and the tinny super duper measuring sticker. That on, is without doubt, my friend. Right on, son. It's on its way, Christoph. Hello, guardians of the mullet, Chris says. Many thanks for sending Nev down to Brisbane. I got not one but two stickers in the mail just before I took off on Christmas holidays. Remembering my pledge to you and the broad church of the Tinny to purchase a vessel within three months of receipt of the sticker. Remember when we made that deal? Yeah, yeah, that's it. You have to do it. I spent much of the Christmas holiday browsing the ads in the search for a Tinny. Anyway, I bought one. So good. (laughs) Excellent. In early Jan. Uh, It did not sink when I took it out on the first time. Yay. But it does need some electrical demons exercise before I trust it to venture out Beyond the estuary and the line of sight of the boat ramp, or oh, the electronic, the electrical demons oh, yeah. are a thing to contend the, with. The, da- the dark arts. The dark arts. The dark indeed. arts of auto and marine electrics. Have, have you checked the earth, mate? How's oh, your, you got wait, a good yeah, earth, no, mate? no, check the earth. Yeah, you got that. No, no, it's mate? your earth. Yeah, you got yeah. a good earth. I've got a good earth. <laughs> I put red to black and green, and oh, the earth is good. <laughs> Stop asking me. <laughs> Should be sorted out soon, though. We'll send pics of uh, stickers on the boat and maybe fish later. Maybe I need to put the stickers on the boat first since they might be also be good at eliminating electrical problems. <laughs> well, it's funny you should <laughs> mention they're, that, They're great for earthing. Uh, they, they, they'll, they'll earth the vessel. Scientifically proven to improve electrical conductivity. You check your earth. Check. Let me check your earth. <laughs> Tales from the Tinny. Well, by now, most fishers are aware of our complete disdain. Your, your, own it, Timothy. Our complete disdain as a community. No, your uh, own personal disdain. For the Adelaide River, that we're all on board and all in agreeance. All those hours fishing in the blazing sun and flicking with no reward, no barra. A terrible case of sunburn and thumping hangover from all the beers you've got to consume to cope with the pain, to numb the pain. (laughs) We all feel that way. We do sometimes. <laughs> Got you on every river. <laughs> no, 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 no. I heard you. Let me qualify. Well, we got a word of a couple of blokes. I've got to. I just got to say it how it is. Who've been smashing the dollars on the river formerly known as the Evil Temptress, Lee Robbo Robertson. 
put in a heap of hard yards over a protracted period, finally bagged the big girl. And being the top bloke that he is, he decided to drag his mate, Rusty Mudflaps, oh, yeah. a name along to to, on, the, on the next trip. So Lee Robbo proved elusive, but the tenacious Lisa the Brave, of course, managed to track down the other bloke, the bloke they call Mudflaps. Turns out he doesn't mind a yarn, nor a beer. G'day folks, it's Rusty here from Marlow Plains, but as the mates like to call it North Catherine, because they've got to bring a packed lunch to come out here. It was pretty much my first time fishing in Adelaide as well. Apparently there's no fish there from the Barragurus, but that was my sort of like first venture out there. Every other time we've just gone to Goat Island to get on it, so I was happy with that. I had a bit of work planned for that day and I had a list of painting, stuff like that to do, and then Lee messaged me and goes, what are you doing, mate? And I was like, you're going fishing, aren't you? And that was it. I said to the darling, nothing's getting done here. She goes, as long as you get something for the freezer or yeah. get some barra for us. What made you pick the Adelaide? Because it is a little bit of a tough river to fish. I think he's been putting a bit of time into that river for the last couple of weeks before that and getting some results. And as soon as he asked me, I was, that meant I didn't have to do any jobs around the house for the day. I just was supposed to catch some fish for the dale, but didn't bring home anything for the fridge, but pretty good result in the end, getting my first metering. Yeah, it was a dollar ten. That was the only fish for the day, and it was a sensational fish. I reckon I only put about 10 casts in, and I got that fish, and then the queue was in the rack after that. I was just on it. <laughs> You've got to prep yourself when you go fishing with Lee, because he loves flicking, and he can do it all day, no worries. And I don't know if I'm that into that. But Is that not your style? No, nah, that's, that's what was good about getting that one early, because it, it put it away. The job was done, and I was on the piss. So how was uh, Robbo going? He was probably panicking a lot more than me, and I was trying to tell him to remain calm. Very excited. I was too, but I just wanted to get the thing in the net, you know. Playing up, was taking a fair bit of line. I only had a little bloody Shimano reel, one of the smaller ones, and I was, like, looking at it going, it's losing a bit of line here, mate. He just sort of, like, drove over it a bit and come back. But it, it tried to jump out of the water a few times, but it had a bit of size about it, so it only got two-thirds of its body out of the water. But that was exciting. How did Robbo go that, on that trip? Did he end up landing anything? He would have put a thousand more casts in after that. Get any hits? No. Nah. Yeah, I was just sitting back, tipping them in. <laughs> the queue was in the rack by then, Lisa. Some boys were actually catching them further up the river too, in the 60s, so they, they got to feed this other boat. Robbo didn't get any more hits, but he tells me that he was so frustrated by that, the very next day you'd gone back to work, he went back and hit the same spot. Yeah, I think he's probably been down there a bit more than just the next day too now. <laughs> He said yep. the next day after you got the metery, he landed a metery. He did. He got a 108. So there must be a few big girls. And then he said on the Monday he went back and he got another metery. I've seen him driving out of Humpty Doo yesterday too. And seen the legend with his legend going past. I hear it's a, a brand new boat. And you were the one to christen it. I did, certainly did. Had to get the ball rolling for him, Lisa. He's gone out the next day and got one. He, and he's loving it now. So has it changed the way you think about the river? Oh, sort of like someone takes you like that that's been catching fish and they're, and they're sort of in the know a bit. You can't, you've got to jump on board when they say, come with you. I take off to the parents and hit the reef when I go fishing, but pretty lucky to get that. It was great fun. I had the shakes up a little bit after it. So yeah. I was trying to roll a cigarette. It was terrible. The adrenaline wasn't even windy. <laughs> Robbo also, he seems to have piled a little bit of shit on you today. He told me What's he you, reckon? What's rusty mud flaps all about? I've got red hair and, and yeah, growing a bit of a a mud flap out the back at the moment. <laughs> Is this an intentional mullet that you're trying to uh, cultivate? 
Yeah, it's getting groomed every fortnight, and I never used to go to the hairdressers that much. Got to keep the business at the front going and then the party at the back. The Dale doesn't mind it, but then some of the girls at football go, that's terrible. So I hear you've got an interesting pet. I've got a buffalo out there back there. I can see him at the moment, actually. He's in the billabong. He just sits in there all day. So he just cruises along. His name's Victor. Well, how did you come to that name? Does he, like, mow the grass or something? That's his job. He's only little. He's only, like, eight months old. He can pat him and cuddle him and that. He's not bad. He does a job up the front end of the paddock because I think he just likes being able to see where we are. So I don't know about the back of it. He just hangs out up the front. Yeah, you need another pet for him. I want a donkey. (laughs) What's coming up for you fishing in the next couple of weeks, Rusty? I really want to do a Dundee trip. I want to to go to Little Finnis again. I did really well there. Then shoot off and stay the night out the back of the parents or something like that. We've had some good rain out there. Congratulations on slaying the soul-destroying beast that is the Adelaide. Take it easy, eh? No worries. Tales from the Tinny. Rusty mudflaps, a solid ginger, all business at the front and party out the back. And don't worry what the girls at the footy think. Rusty, the only girl who's got to dig your mudflap is the doll. The doll! And it appears she does. What about, so I wrapped the cue and got on it. Is there a more evocative turn of phrase in the fishing lexicon, Timmy? I put it to you, methinks not. And what that phrase alone on ABC Tales from the Tinny on Facebook, just the comments just started streaming in. The This embrace of support. Good on you, man. I get it. Don't you know this feeling, love? Tagging mates in. Yeah, that's what it's about. Right Sit on. And rack the queue. Get on it. That's what we're about. <laughs> Respect, brother. Bravo. It's good. Yeah, the focus of the mission of the church is obviously, look, get the mission done in the first 10 minutes because that's our excuse, and then get on it. Yeah. The main, the sub-demission. Bit of trolling, bit of flicking. Hook them, get them in the boat. Run, Jimmy. (laughs) Tales from the Timmy. There is one positive to come. Robert, from what has been one of the worst wet seasons of all time. What's that, Tim? In the bottom 10%. Well, because there's no runoff and there's no fishing, it's a terrific time for breeding. Oh, yes, yes, and that has become apparent So in, Warren the, Do- in, the, in the top end <laughs> statistics. That's right. Warren's now a, uh, a grandpa. Uh, the next welcome to the fray is Tynan Fro Bartolo. Fro in the fray. <laughs> Congratulations on having bred successfully, Tynan. Well done. Thank you very much. But exciting time. Bloody oath it is, mate. Baby on the way. Been good. Already getting the bub out on the water, nice and early. Oh, it's all about uh, conditioning, isn't it? Conditioning in the very early phases, as in prenatal. Be a fair bit of that, and because Mum's going to be also fishing the Barren Nationals as well, so the bub's going to be well and truly trained up in fishing before birth. Excellent. Yeah, Congratulations to partner Leela as well. And in, <laughs> in in training for, I, I presume the Nats or just a bit of fun and getting out there, mate. You've been um, you've been hitting the daily. Done a real big night. Knocking off. I just wish. I had to work the next night. I wish. Go to Daly tonight. And we went, yeah, right, eh? We just went straight after work. And, um, yeah, we went, that was the first night I went down. It was it was unreal little session, actually. Found some, could hear mullets stirring up on the river. And when you hear scared mullet, you sort of get a bit excited. Four donkeys. <laughs> and landed the smallest one, dropped three, which I was pretty devastated with. And I ended up landing the smallest one, which went 106. Wow. Oh, fantastic! Couldn't really believe what was happening, but no, it was a good little session. We got um, 
couple of 70s, 80, and then, yeah, the 106, and then three other creatures came flying out, which was um, that was good fun. Oh, so you, you got the 106 and then dropped the three donkeys that were in its wake? No, other way around. Oh, okay. I, I was just about to give up. And um, I, we ran over a curlew on the way down, which is all. Awesome. Oh, there no, that's go. a that's a bad omen. That's a bad we juju. We debated about turning around actually after that, and then after the third meter, I put down. I just pretty much it just um. It's the juju. The it. juju's got me. <laughs> yeah, it's a curlew night. I'm, this isn't going to happen. It's all bad. And then finally, I said, "Please, let's go curse." I looked up at the side. I'm sorry, curlew. And then yeah, then we got the next one. So. Right. So what time? What time did you get on the water, and and what time through the night was this action happening? Um, so this was all sort of around midnight. So we got on the water at about oh, nine o'clock. Bit of a rest and head home and work the next day. This is a work yeah. ethic that we could all aspire to, Frey. What were you throwing around? Were you concentrating on surface? No, just rubbers. So I was throwing big rubbers around, but they were up high in the water column, so sort of where the bait was. You, saw, you could hear them, the bait was stirring, so you know, like when the bait aren't getting hoofed, but they're frightened up high, so nice and high in the water column. And then I took the bride down on the weekend, because she hasn't been on a good trip for a while, and she got a cracker on a, on a bomber, she got like a, it was a 78, which is a good fish, and I think we got an 86 on that trip as well. Yeah, this is all good, all good numbers. With the rubbers, mate, sorry, so they're in the surface part of the column. So were you throwing them weighted or a quick retrieve or what was the technique with the big rubbers? Throwing them weighted and then you got the treble on the nose because um, they're the bigger rubbers. And then, um, yeah, just a little bit quicker retrieve, but there's a bit of current there too. So it's holding it up as well. So you don't want to let it sink too much and maybe about in the top foot of the water column and winding them in on that. Nice slow wind against the current cool actually that big hit on the rubbers is i love it they just thonk nearly pull the rod out of your hands and really let you know that you're alive and should not go to bed yet <laughs> did you get any sleep on that night on the night session oh yeah you get power naps for five minutes or so brilliant training for having a kid exactly so i mean i think that i'm going to stress the kid out the kid's not going to get much sleep but 2am are you sweetheart let's go to the daily exactly <laughs> <laughs> What tide were they working on? Was there any consistency in that? Um, not really. So it was sort of like, yeah, I reckon around the top of the tide, if you can try and time it up there, it's pretty tough around those areas, especially this time of year. Sort of, you know what it's or down in the daily, you know, like trying to work out your time, sort of the only way to get a real accurate tide change is to be there the day before and then sort of add 30 minutes to it. Yeah. But, um, but the river's pretty low. There's not much runoff anywhere. Those fish in the uh, you know the seventy range that you know some people might look at slapping on ice were they solid? What sort of nick were they in? Beautiful fish. Um, they look like the, the fish were all chromies, so they're coming up. Um, yeah, definitely eat them for sure. And and what are the challenges of, of targeting them at night, Fro? Or is it is it just the same as in the day? Now that you're using structure and side scan, you, you're just using the machinery to target them, and hoping you don't cast into you know, snags and debris and banks that you can't see. Exactly. So the best bet is to get down before dark mm. and start out your surroundings and then you know where you're casting. But it's just basically that that problem there. You'll, you'll ditch one, you're like, I just want to be a little bit closer to the bank and then you don't hear a splash, you hear that... Oh, no. Yeah, that sort of... That's one of your hassles. I like nighttime a lot because the river speaks a lot more at night. You can hear what's going on. So, yeah, doesn't it what? Yeah, you can hear, like, you know, like where, where I found one, when we hooked one of the biggest fish, 
the reason we went down to fish it was I heard a bird just go ballistic ah! and then this mullet or moves the mullet must have got buffed under him, freaked him out. He's taken off and I was like, What was that? We went down and had a look and then about five casts later I hooked an absolute creature that I couldn't stop. And um, it was like just those sort of signs on the river that you listen to and that really indicate where the fish are. But they, and it just feels like during the day you don't get as much of that. It's just very amplified at night time. Mm, curlew whispering, they call that. After, <laughs> that comes, whispering from the other side. That comes immediately after the curlew massacre. <laughs> don't talk to curlews. I'm happy to keep curlews away after that run. And also with the 106 to come in the net and went out the net on the first go. And I just oh. went, oh, this is not going to happen tonight. I'll accept the fact that... No big fish are going to be landed. Oh, man, you did well. Uh, how? What else have you heard around the traps from um, from mates, Tynan? Every report that I seem to hear is just the world's going to end. There's no wet season. Yep. What's going to happen? I'm going We're to... all doomed. Yeah, it's apocalyptic, isn't it? it? It's a curlew massacre of a great... It's a pogrom. <laughs> yeah, every time I open my door, it's just a like, flock of kulus at the back. Yeah. Just sort of everyone... That's all I keep hearing. Queuing so. up under the tyres of the four-wheel drive. <laughs> <laughs> and making nests in front of like, on the highways. That's basically what I've been hearing. So it was nice to just sort of get a break, make the most of the night time, and then um, yeah, get a couple of fish. So it was good. I went back again a couple of nights later and got a 102 and a mate got a 99. So it was a good week last week. Not good for sleeping. But yeah, but brilliant for fishing. Well done, bro. <laughs> Cheers, fellas. Dows from the tinny, get a mullet. Well, there's a lesson in that for us, isn't there, Rob? No. That while Kai at Goat Island, I think, was it the crimson finches he uses to determine the, you know, how the wet's going and how the fishing's likely to be? Mm. What we now know... If the, if the curlews are gathering on your back lawn and committing hurry-curry... Under, uh, under the lawnmower. Yeah, or just riding, just flying straight under the slasher as you're doing the backyard, or if they start self-emulating mm. uh, on the backyard, persist, get out there, have a crack, hop into it, and you too can be Johnny on the spot. So you're saying it's not a good sign, but it could be a good sign. Look, I think actually curlews killing themselves or you killing them is going to be great for your fishing career. Hook up the boat, get out there. ABC management does not encourage the killing of native wildlife. They do squeal very annoyingly, though. That about wraps the tinny for this week, where the focus has been both rainbows, monster catfish, and bum grubs from Beelzebub's stool. <laughs> if you tuned in to Tales from the Tinny thinking you were going to get updates on where the fish are and how the fishing is and how to catch them, how wrong you were. Thanks to Warren DeWitt, Dean Blackman back in God's own, Chris Hurt, the font, of course, Rusty Mudflaps and his mighty mullet, Packy Andy and his anonymous Central Queenslanders have sunk their new boat on its maiden voyage. Of course, to you, Tyne and Fro Bartolo, Tea out at the Crobbery Park Tavern and her uh, her crew. Sean and Cooper Firm. Josh Ballinger, Dwayne Devaney, Alex Thorpe. The whole goddamn lot of you. Because without you, fishos, there is no show. What's that show called? What's it called, Tim? Tales from the Tinny!
from the tinny.